Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Hello and welcome to the show, guys. Glad to have you here on the uh, 8th of April, 2021. Much to get to, including uh, Andrew Giuliani, Newsmax contributor and uh, close friend and confidant with uh, Donald Trump. Going to talk to him about whether he is planning on, and has been rumored that he could be running for governor of the state of New York. And he has told me that he will give me a definitive answer this morning. So this could be pretty darned epic. Pretty darned epic. That's going to be coming up in a few. Uh, Joe Biden yesterday talked about his $2.5 trillion infrastructure plan, which very little goes to infrastructure. But according to Democrats now, everything is infrastructure. Here's the president talking about it yesterday. I didn't hear any of our friends who were criticizing this plan say that the corporate tax cut, which added $2 trillion of the debt, the Trump tax cut. No, it didn't. Spending added $2 trillion to the debt, okay? Cutting taxes doesn't add to the debt. Out-of-control government spending adds to the debt. $2 trillion, $1.9 trillion. You see, it wasn't your money to begin with, sir. ...in debt it wasn't paid for. The vast majority of which went to the top 1%. Of the That's false, actually. Um, Middle-income earners earned more during the Trump administration, the lowest unemployment rate for African-Americans and Hispanics, and the most women in the workforce, okay? Wage earners. I didn't hear anybody hollering in this recovery, the so-called before I became president, this K-shaped recovery where billionaires made $300 billion more dollars. Like Jeff Bezos, because governments shut down businesses, so everybody had to go online. During this period, where's the outrage there? And governments shut down small businesses, leaving large businesses like Home Depot and Lowe's and Walmart and Target, left them open. Mom and pops went out of business. So that isn't, that isn't uh, uh, cutting taxes. That's the government ruining everything. I'm not trying to punish anybody, but damn it. Maybe it's because I come from a middle-class neighborhood. I'm sick and tired of ordinary people being fleeced. Then why, in your nearly 50 years in Washington, D.C., have you done nothing about it? Okay? I get so tired of this. Folks, see Joe Biden. Joe Biden is so far separated from living in a small town, dad sitting at the uh, table wondering how to pay bills, you haven't been there for 50 years, sir. You are part of a privileged class. You are the proletariat. We are the bourgeoisie. So give me a break. By the way, also yesterday, Joe Biden was confronted about, uh, you know, he's all for moving the all-star game out of Atlanta to Denver because of a Jim Crow law uh, with regard to voting integrity, which has been honestly the most shameful thing you could possibly say. It is absolutely shameful. I've explained that before. But yesterday he was asked if he's talked to the president of China about the China virus, which is also known as COVID-19, which came from China and their irresponsibility and their cover-up with the WHO were the cause of it. And they owe us several trillion dollars and about 550,000 lives. But he says he hasn't had a conversation with the Chinese president about it. Oh, Mr. President, uh, you mentioned 554,064 American dead from COVID-19. A lot of families want to know how this happened, how it got here. Have you had a chance to speak to any of your international partners, any of uh, President Xi, who I know you go way back with? Have you had a chance to ask him if these reports are true that China may be... Oh, way back with him. I mean, uh, my, my son was over there hustling and uh, getting some money, and I was the big guy, but really didn't have a whole lot to do with the president. Like the world at the beginning? No, I, I have not had that conversation 
okay, why haven't you had that conversation? And why aren't you wearing a mask today? Did you notice that the last week it was all mask all the time, no matter what, even though he had the vaccination, he got it twice. He had two shots before he was even sworn in. Then he got sworn in and he said that uh, Donald Trump didn't even get the vaccine done. Uh, unbelievable. He hasn't even talked to the president of China yet about the biggest pandemic in of our lifetimes, which cost hundreds of thousands of lives and trillions of dollars in damage. He hasn't brought it up. And he also, his vice president, Kamala Harris, is supposedly the border czar. She has not been to the border yet. You want to look at her? Let me see if I can find her schedule here real quick, guys. She had a really busy schedule the last couple of days, uh, and none of it involved going to the border. Uh, She went to a bakery in Chicago. We'll get to that in just a second. But she has not taken the time to get to the border. Here is the president, by the way, getting really slurry when he was talking about uh, vaccines. Uh, I guess this was yesterday. Check it out. Beginning April 19th, every adult in every state... Many states have already opened up to all adults. But beginning April 19th, every adult in every state, every adult in this country is eligible to get in line. Eligible to get in line. To get a COVID vaccination. Ever been around an old guy who's a little bit drunk and he's trying to cover it up? And today, in advance of that... No, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I haven't done anything. Who national... I just had a couple. Full eligibility date... I want to make a direct appeal to our seniors and everyone who cares about them. While we have made incredible progress vaccinating three quarters of our seniors and putting vaccination sites within five miles of 90 percent of the public. Actually, uh, uh, Donald Trump did that. He, he got that all in place. And the only thing you did was uh, set up 21 federal vaccination sites that only vaccinated 2.5% of the vaccinations done since your inauguration. So it was a colossal waste of money, in other words. Now, uh, we've heard the president uh, do a bunch of serious lying with regard to his stimulus package. Dude, that sounded uncomfortable, didn't it? Joe Biden's stimulus package. I don't like the sound of that. I'm not going to say that anymore. But he also fibbed about uh, the voting law in Atlanta being Jim Crow. That was a lie. But I think the biggest lie of the year so far is this one from Nancy Pelosi with regard to the crisis at the border. Yesterday, we heard that uh, there are congressmen calling for at least one border immigration outpost where they're we're putting up kids. They are insisting that it be closed down because of allegations of child sexual abuse. Child sexual abuse and kids who are not getting enough food to eat and kids being dropped over the border wall and kids coming into this country who will be enslaved by cartels. We'll get to that very shortly on the show. And Nancy Pelosi is seeing all this and she says that Joe Biden's doing a great job. And Donald Trump, who had basically shut down 85% of illegal immigration, did a really bad job. The whopper of the year. Here it is. The, uh, the fact is, is that we're on a good path at the border under leadership of Joe Biden, President Biden. Uh, there is, it's about three things. It's about restructuring how we do what is happening there because we were in a very bad situation under the Trump administration. I wonder if she's still looking for the pelts from those 101 Dalmatians. It's about a refugee plan. It's breathtaking. When you see what the Biden administration has tried to cover up with 19 senators uncovered that she would say something like this. It honestly is stunning, bordering on downright evil. I'll just be honest. That she could say that, honestly, is is despicable. Is absolutely despicable. Oh, uh, Kamala Harris. Here's what her, uh, since becoming the borders are, here's uh, some of her schedule. March 25th, she did a uh, virtual Passover. Uh, March 26th, went to New Haven, Connecticut, meeting with the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, March 27th and 28th, uh, back in D.C., no public commitments at all. Uh, D.C. on the uh, the, the 30th, uh, she uh, signed the PPP extension into law and spoke with the Guatemalan president, apparently. Uh, let's see, uh, April 2nd through the 4th, went to Los Angeles to see her uh, home, which is... Um, in Oakland, and one person showed up. One person showed up. She also toured a, uh, a water treatment plant, and on April the 6th, she toured a COVID vaccination site in Chicago, and somebody brought her some cupcakes. Isn't that night? They brought her a little a little snack. Are you guys ready for some hot sake? Jen Sake, the White House spokesperson, got a little snarky 
when asked about uh, Kamala Harris eating cake in Chicago while people are being abused at the border. But she hasn't visited the border or Central America or spoken with leaders of El Salvador or Honduras. Um, she was traveling this week, took time to visit a bakery in Chicago. Um, I'm wondering, is she still working on this? And can you address the perception that she's kind of quietly backing off while Secretary Mayorkas is pursuing um, some Trump-era policies such as... Are you ready for some gin snarky? ...potentially building new border barriers and potentially prosecuting people who illegally cross multiple times. There's a whole lot packed in there. So let me just see what I can do here. Um, first, I would say uh, the vice president was visiting Chicago actually to talk about COVID and the importance of uh, communities getting the vaccine when it's available and accessible to them. And so while she was there, like many Americans, she got a snack. Yeah, she got a snack. That's what it was all about. And meanwhile, there are kids in uh, in camps down at the border who don't have anything to snack on. You know, it's kind of like the uh, let them eat cake. Well, this time it's I'm going to eat cake and uh, screw the rest of you. Here is uh, Jen Psaki when asked about how will the Biden administration know when they've had success at the border? Well, I think that uh, we know that addressing the root causes means working with these countries to uh, help uh, create a collaborative and a cooperative uh, approach to addressing what the circumstances are on the ground, whether that is economic challenges, uh, response to um, challenges related to hurricanes uh, that have impact. Oh, it's hurricanes again. That's why they. That's why they're leaving Central America. Hurricanes and global warming. Did a lot of these tornado. I heard tornadoes actually. and what we're trying to do is work with them to determine how we can get to these root causes to send them all a lot of snacks uh reduce to disincentivize uh travel from yeah you could actually just uh, reinstate some of uh the uh donald trump's executive orders that actually worked that joe biden on his first day in office got rid of and that's actually what caused it the, the region yeah you have a numerical measure any kind of tangible measure of success nancy pelosi says he's already succeeded uh, benchmarks that sort of thing well, I think as everybody who's followed this for some time knows, this is about addressing these causes over the long term. Unless we address root causes in these countries, we are going to see the same. I just told you what the cause is, getting the executive order to get rid of Donald Trump's policies. Same cycle. It's fairly obvious. Of rushes to the border year after year, as we have seen in 2014 and 2018 and 2019. Yeah, but this is the worst in 20 years. And uh, that was before Donald Trump was went office, by the way. Just thought you should know. Yeah. And by the way, one of the things that got the Central American countries in the Northern Triangle to stop sending people was he cut off all their aid, a half a billion dollars a year to several countries. He took it away and they said, oh, those MS-13 gang members we sent up there, bring them on back. We're perfectly cool. Now the Biden administration wants to give them two million, two billion dollars and it will never reach the people. It will never reach the people. It will just enrich the people in power. That's the way it always works. That's the way it always works. Here's Jen Saki talking about how the president was uh, cool with Major League Baseball moving out of the state of Georgia because of Jim Crow laws, supposedly, and then uh, why he's not for not going to China for the Olympics. Understanding what you said, the U.S. position, uh, however, is still that, that, that China has committed genocide. Yes. Uh, doesn't that demand some sort of response or action from the U.S.? And, and what will the U.S. need to see before it fully participates in, in the Olympics? Well, I, I would say first, just to be very clear and reiterate, our position has not changed in our planned participation. However, we are working, of course, on as we would be on any issue uh, in coordination with our partners and allies about a range of concerns we have with China's behavior and their actions, including the genocide of Uyghur Muslims in China, including actions that uh, China has taken as it relates to uh, economic and security uh, steps. And so that is something we would do in partnership and coordination coordination with our partners in the region. Just like any relationship, there are areas where we feel we can work together, areas where we have great concerns. We voice those. We don't hold back on those as the president did in his call with the president. Here is Jen Psaki talking about why the president is more concerned about Major League Baseball leaving Georgia for Jim Crow laws, which is absolutely absurd, but not concerned about sending our Olympic team to genocidal China. Mm -hmm. uh, understanding what you said, the U.S. position, uh, however, is still that, that, that China has committed genocide. Yes. Uh, doesn't that demand some sort of response or action from the U.S.? And, and what will the U.S. need to see before it fully participates in, in the Olympics? They're actually putting very large crematoria near the Uyghur 
camps. They're actually building them. They've seen them on the uh, satellite imagery. Well, I, I would say first, just to be very clear and reiterate, our position has not changed in our planned participation. Oh, it has, and I'll share what I mean in just a second. However, we are working, of course, on as we would be on any issue uh, in coordination with our partners and allies about a range of concerns we have with China's behavior and their actions, including mm-hmm. the genocide of Uyghur Muslims in China, including actions that uh, China has taken as it relates to uh, economic and security uh, steps and so that is something we would do in partnership. And- now, this uh, kind of flies in the face of what Joe Biden said about China just a few weeks ago, because he said that it's just the way that Xi rules China and the whole Uyghur thing really isn't that big a deal. The central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. And he- Which means that he can crack down on his people whenever he wants because he's a totalitarian and Joe Biden's cool with it. He uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. I point out to him, no American president can be sustained as a president if he doesn't reflect the values of the United States. Kind of like what you're doing right now. Pretty much everything, open borders, uh, biological boys being able to compete with girls. Uh, attacking the Second Amendment. And so the idea, I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in western mountains of, of uh, China and Taiwan trying to end the one China policy by making it forceful. I, I said, and by the way, he said he, he gets it. Culturally, there are different norms at each country. They choose genocide. We don't. You know, what? it's cultural norms. And they, their leaders are expected to follow. There you go. So there he is excusing China's behavior. And Jin Psaki saying that they haven't changed their, their mind about China. It's always been completely, uh, you know, constant. And we haven't changed at all. It's uh, a lie. That's what I would call a lie, to be quite obvious. Now, here's something interesting. Joe Biden has said that he was going to unite us. And I discovered a speech that Joe Biden did in October in Georgia. Now, if you look at everything he's done, including 56, now today, 57 executive orders against the will of the people saying that the election reform laws in Georgia is Jim Crow. Okay, that is not uniting us. But here is Joe Biden just back in October talking about how he was going to bring us all together. Time and again throughout our history, we've seen charlatans, the con men. The phony populist who sought to play on our fears, appeal to our worst appetites, and pick at the oldest scabs we have for their own. Well, I don't even want to associate old scabs with Joe Biden. Political gain. They appear when the nation's been hit the hardest, and we're at our most vulnerable. Sound a little drunk there, too. Never to solve anything, but only to benefit themselves. Wow. In a recent encyclical... Pope Francis warns us against this phony populism that appeals to, quote, the basest and most selfish instincts. He goes on to say, politics is something more noble than posturing, marketing, and media spin. These sow nothing but division, conflict, and oblique cynicism. By calling half the country racist, that's what you're doing, sir. Here's a little bit more from Joe Biden in, in Georgia. And honestly, KKK country, seriously, they, they want Jim Crow laws back in Georgia. How could you possibly speak there? I run to unite this nation ah, and to ah, heal this nation. Ah, I've ah, said that from the beginning is badly necessary. You usually have to have policies that reflect that. The Bible tells us. Oh, boy. There's a time to the Bible. break down. He's quoting the Bible. And a time to build up. A time to heal. This is that time. Wow. God and history have called us to this moment and to this mission. I'm saying that's pretty much uh, kind of a lie, kind of like uh, Nancy Pelosi earlier. Let's let's hear that again, shall we? Nancy Pelosi earlier, the big lie. Republicans in the co- Congress. The uh, the fact is is that uh, we're on a good path at the border. There you go. That's the kind of lies they tell. Here's a little bit more from Joe Biden. His goal is to heal darkness from the forces of division. Forces of division and the forces of yesterday, from the forces of darkness, from the forces of the- with our voices and our votes, we must free ourselves from the forces of darkness, from the forces of division, and the forces of yesterday, from the forces that pull us apart, hold us down, and hold us back. And if we do so, we'll once more become one nation, under God, indivisible. I think I just threw up in my mouth a little. 
But here's Joe Biden on ESPN saying some very divisive things. Sports and politics cross paths sometimes. That's exactly what happened last week in Major League Baseball. Tony Clark is the executive director of the Major League Baseball Players Association. He said he would, quote, look forward to discussing moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta because Georgia Governor Brian Kemp signed into law a bill passed by the Republican-led state legislature to overhaul how its state elections are run. So, Mr. President, what do you think about the possibility that baseball decides to move their All-Star game out of Atlanta because of this political issue? I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. Wow. I would strongly support them doing that. People look to them. They're leaders. Look no, at no, I don't look to them. Look what's happened with the NBA as well. Look at what's happened across the board. The very people who are victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these, in these various sports. That's the funny line. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing. In no, it's not. It is not Jim Crow on steroids. I saw this online this morning. Anyone using the Jim Crow charge as a political weapon should hang his head in shame. It's axiomatic in po American political debate that anyone calling someone a Nazi has automatically lost. I will add a racist as well. Resorting to the Nazi charge is a sign of rhetorical and intellectual desperation. It shows an inability or unwillingness to make decisions since whatever is being condemned is unlikely ever to be anything like Nazism. Finally, and this is what I've been saying for years... It exhibits a moral bankruptcy by taking the unspeakable suffering of countless millions of people and using it to make what is typically a cheap argument for self-serving ends. There you are, Mr. President. Knock it off with the Jim Crow stuff. By the way, findings from a new poll suggest Major League Baseball's decision to pull the 2021 All-Star Game out of Atlanta is not popular with Americans. And they know it, but the president doubled down on it yesterday. Daily Wire, 1,026 Americans found 64% of respondents, including self-identified baseball fans, Delta Airlines customers, and Coca-Cola buyers, said they are less likely to support companies and organizations that are outspoken about political controversies. 70% of Americans agreed with the statement corporations and sport teams should generally stay out of politics. I agree. Quick headline before we get into some, uh, some more hot audio. ICE gave an $87 million no-bid contract to business associated with Biden ties, reaching a major conflict of interest. $87 million to oversee an operation involving 1,200 hotel beds to house migrant families. Now, here's the deal. $87 million divided by 1,200 is $72,500. Family Endeavors, based out of San Antonio, has no previous history as an ICE contractor. They're getting $87 million to pay $72,500 apiece for hotel rooms for illegals. Representative Andrew Clyde of Georgia, who is tracking the contract, as well as two others with knowledge of the situation, is not happy about it. On January 20th, Inauguration Day... Family Endeavors announced that uh, Lorenzen Strait would become its senior director for migrant services and federal affairs, meaning that he would be the organization's liaison to the federal government within two months. Lorenzen Strait secured the contract. Lorenzen Strait worked with the Biden transition team. He is a Biden insider. Government contracts are supposed to be awarded through an open competitive process outlined in the Federal Acquisition Regulation. Informative information obtained through the Federal Procurement Data System indicate ICE never opened a contract to outside companies, citing that that was an emergency situation. That it was an emergency situation. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is the kind of corruption that makes Vladimir Putin go... Dang, you guys are good. By the way, uh, ICE official Lorenzen Strait identified as a potential broker in the deal. Uh, and he was a uh, Biden senior transition team official. On the 20th inauguration day, Daily Endeavors announced that he would become its senior director. This sounds like they were ready for the bums rush on the border. And there were people lining up to get paid. Unbelievable.
Now, its $87 million contract is more than double the money it took in last year despite its nonprofit status. Its seven top executives make six-figure salaries as much as $312,000 per year. Sounds like the Lincoln Project just a little bit, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Hey, Joe Scarborough yesterday had a moment of clarity on MSNBC. That doesn't happen very often, uh, almost as rarely as uh, Joe Biden does. But he, uh, he said, hey, man, if you're going to move uh, pro baseball out of Georgia, why not move everything? If you're against the All-Star game being played in Atlanta, Georgia, because the legislation is so racist, then why do you belong to the most exclusive golf club in America and the world in the state of Georgia? <clears throat> why is the best, the most important golf tournament in the world uh, played in the state of Georgia? And, and why, do, why do sponsors and why does the national press and why do Democrats apply one standard to the Midsummer Classic and another standard to the Masters and every other sporting event that's going to be held in Georgia? I know I'm as shocked as you that he would say something really intelligent like that. But then his arm candy, Mika Brzezinski, did the opposite. We have to stop and say this is wrong. And I say again, the collective we. A law based on a lie that restricts voting, and okay, maybe it has been over, uh, over-paralleled with, with, with history, that's fine, maybe people are very, but the bottom line is it's a law that restricts voting. No, it doesn't actually, uh, it, it restricts cheating. It restricts cheating, but you wouldn't know that because you have the intelligence of a box of rocks without any rocks in it. To African-Americans, no. that is based on a lie. That is absolutely wrong, and what you just said is completely wrong. But it's kind of the thing you get when you're arm candy sitting next to the guy with really big hair. I mean, really big hair. Uh, one more bite here. This is uh, Joy Behar. I'm just going to warn you real quick. She's going to talk for a few, well, not for a few minutes, but less than a minute. But you're going to want to jab your ears out with, uh, with knitting needles. Just as well, you know. So uh, she was talking about how uh, vaccine passports should be required. And she doesn't want to be around if you don't have your vaccine passport. And trust me, if I know Joy Behar was in a building, I wouldn't go in. Here's, again, I apologize for the voice, Joy Behar. So if I have to get a vaccine on my passport, so be it. You know, I mean, if you're so scared or so intent or you're some Republican male who wants to screw around with the libs or something, then don't come on the cruise with me. OK, leave the book. If you were on the same cruise ship, I would not. I, even if I'm like, a, you know, in a luxury suite on the other end of the ship from you, I would not take that cruise. Say all to me and get a rowboat and I'll meet you there sometime. But don't even don't even go there with me. Uh, you know, it's like, I would not. And also this idea that it's a privacy issue. Yeah, it, it kind of is. In fact, it, it really is. Why is this a privacy issue? And yet the same people who say it's an overreach or a privacy issue are, are anti-choice. You know, Roe v. Wade was... Well, because the, uh, uh, the choice, but that choice involves two people. One of them is just separated uh, by a fleshy uh, abdominal wall and a bunch of uh, amniotic fluid. Settled uh, on a privacy issue. And it's it's the law, okay? It's the law. It's the law. I didn't realize that law had two syllables, but I guess it does to her. So, uh, got some great highlights from guests that have been on uh, then just recently, like within the last 24 hours, on Newsmax TV. Rob Finnerty, who does the uh, Wake Up America show, talked to Governor Kemp of Georgia about Major League Baseball. There's a lot of Democrat politicians that are now coming out saying this was a bad idea. You know, we shouldn't punish our own people by moving the game or by boycotting, but that is their choice. They need to decide who they're going to stand up and fight for, people in Georgia or they're going to fight for their president or people in Colorado. I know who I'm fighting for. That's people in Georgia. And it's condescending, and people should know that even people like Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden that are saying, oh, we'll leave it up to the league, but we're right. respect- Oh, no, they, they literally, Stacey Abrams threatened the baseball commissioner. ...their decision or don't boycott. Make no mistake, they were in the back room, the smoke-filled room, pressuring these people to do that. They cannot have it both ways. And now they're backtracked. Governor, I guess I got to ask you, did you have any conversations with Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred before any of this happened, before they pulled the game out of Atlanta? 
Did he call you? Well, I did speak to him and offered to make sure he fully understood what was in the bill because there was so much misinformation and lying by you know people all the way up to the White House. Yeah, enjoy Behar. Which is so unfortunate uh, in our in our and Nancy Pelosi time as well as a lot of the traditional national media supporting their cause as as you guys well know as much as anybody. Um, but he really wasn't too concerned with that. And then the next time I talked to him, he was telling me the game was moved. And none, none of these entities, Major League Baseball, Delta, Coca-Cola, none of them, including the president, had mentioned anything specific that's true that they have a problem with. Because they were pressured. They were given the smackdown by hires up in the U.S. Capitol and in Georgia. Okay, let's move on to uh, Spicer and Company. Tom Fitton of uh, Judicial Watch talked about Hunter Biden. Now, we haven't heard a lot from Hunter Biden. He is pushing a book. It's called Beautiful Things. And I haven't had a chance to crack it open yet, and I'm not going to. I'd love to see what the sales are. But there was a major investigation open on Hunter Biden with regard to China, with regard to his laptops. I want you to listen to Tom Fitton. He's brilliant. absolutely love Tom Fitton about Hunter Biden scandals and things that are being investigated right now that nobody is covering. Well, we've already exposed he traveled to China at least five times with Secret Service protection. And I, from what I recall, we had to end the lawsuit because the Secret Service told us after a period of time, there's no more Secret Service records, meaning he stopped uh, receiving Secret Service protection, even though his father was vice president, which I think is curious in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had five trips to China, including the one you're talking about while his father was vice president. And, you know, And what's remarkable to me is that he's got this book out there. He is under criminal investigation. It's been acknowledged by the FBI and Justice Department. His father's president of the United States. He's essentially admitted the laptop could be his. He won't confirm it, but it's pretty clear he's not ruling it out. And that material from the laptop reportedly implicates his father directly in what looks to be criminal activity. Why hasn't there been a special counsel appointed by Merrick Garland, the new attorney general, to investigate this Biden scandal. Because the swamp is in charge and every branch of our government has been compromised. The legislative, the judicial, and the executive branch have all been compromised. No bid contract by a Biden senior transition team member to a company that is going to pay $72,500 a piece for 1,200 rooms for illegal aliens coming across the border. Wow. I want to get real about the border here and what's really happening. And I had mentioned this a couple of days ago that if, if people who come across the border either pay to come across, they pay the drug cartels, they make millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. But what if they don't have the money and many of them do not? This is uh, the Rob Schmidt show. Rob Schmidt talking to Representative Ronnie Jackson uh, of Texas about slavery, slavery. While you're saying that a piece of legislation that is going to ensure the integrity of voting in Georgia is Jim Crow, actual slavery is a coming across our border. Biden set us up for this. I mean, it does not surprise me at all that this is going on there. Uh, President Biden has complete disregard for what he's doing to these people that are that are crossing our border. Let me just give you an example, Rob. I want to talk about this as well. I went to the Carrizo Springs uh, facility uh, last week and I saw some... Uh, the uh, unaccompanied uh, minors there that were males between the ages supposed to be 14 and 17. I asked these kids, some of them are kids, some of them are actually older than that, but I asked them, I said, look, you guys, uh, how did you get here? And they told me, you know, how they got there. They told me how long it took them to get there. And I said, it's our, it's our understanding that everybody has to pay the cartels uh, to, to get here. Is that mm-hmm. true? And they said, oh, absolutely. And I said, how much did you guys have to pay the cartels to get here? And they said, well, we don't have any money. We didn't listen to this pay the cartels to get here they said we have to work it off once we get into the country wow i was like work it off yep. these people are going to work it off for the cartel they are going to work for the cartel and wow. live in our country and, and this is insane they're, they're going to do whatever they're asked to do by the cartel they're going to steal they're going to smuggle drugs they're going to kill anything that they're asked to do they're going to do and i asked the border patrol wow. agents what happens if these kids decide they don't want to do that they go oh they're not they're never going to decide they don't want to do that wow. because they they brought them over as unaccompanied men because they have they have brothers sisters mothers. listen to this there's that are still in their countries yep. back in el salvador guatemala and honduras and if they decide they don't want to do this they'll get a video of their family being tortured and killed and they all know this so they belong 
to the cartel. And they are coming across our borders and coming into our country in record numbers. This is an affront to our sovereignty and to you and me and the Constitution. Two men on a terrorism watch list were arrested after illegally crossing the border from Mexico into California. A 33-year-old man from Yemen was stopped and another, uh, another guy from, uh, I believe, Yemen as well. They were both on the FBI's terrorism watch list, no-fly zone. The 26-year-old man also from Yemen was arrested and they found a cell phone SIM card hidden in his shoe. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm angry. <laughs> I mean, I am really, really angry. Unbelievable. Uh, Grant Stinchfield had uh, Representative Pat Fallon uh, talking about the terrorism sneaking across the border. So you take the horrible policy. You've got all those masses of people. It can't surprise anybody that you may have Muslim holy warriors sneaking in. I don't know what these Yemenis' intent were, but they were on the terror watch list. Gee, I don't what know. do you make of that story? Well, it's scary because it's not just folks that cross the border are from Mexico or Central America. They're from all over the world. And I think there's usually something like there's scores. It's 60, 70 countries uh, in any given month or two uh, that will be crossing that border. So, yeah, I mean, listen, if, they're, if you're Al-Qaeda or some other terrorist organization and you want to harm America and you can't get in now because uh, you're on a no-fly list, why not fly into Mexico and then sneak across the border? Wow. Uh, we have a porous border. And, and I've always said an open border, an, a porous border is an immoral border. It takes the people be, uh, on, the, on the south side and the northern side, and it makes us both less safe. Uh, and, and, you know, we have to be very cognizant. Of it. This is about national security. And, of course, the Democrats, unfortunately, what? twist these things up. I'm angry. I'm fighting mad. I am fighting mad. This is an affront. We are being assaulted every single day. We are saying that if we want to have the our vote count, that we are supporting Jim Crow laws, which kept black people in the South from voting, from making a living, from anything, and ultimately, ultimately killed, I'm sure, thousands of African Americans. They're calling us that while they called us Nazis and white supremacists, and now they are opening our border and endangering our safety and our sovereignty. Unbelievable. And the president wants to spend $2.5 trillion more dollars on infrastructure that is not infrastructure. Only a little bit is infrastructure. Here is Grant Stinchfield, a brilliant short monologue about infrastructure being everywhere. So, folks, Democrats are off to a rocky start promoting President Biden's mammoth multi-trillion dollar so-called infrastructure plan. That has nothing to do with infrastructure, by the way. And apparently, New York Democrat Senator Krista Gillibrand believes infrastructure includes every left-wing policy item. She even tweeted this, okay? Take a look. Paid leave is infrastructure. Child care is infrastructure. No, it's not. Caregiving is infrastructure, no, it's says not. a Democrat senator from New York. Gillibrand is just saying the quiet part out loud. This isn't an infrastructure plan at all. It's more like remake america plan it is it's about socializing everything including broadband and i think senator ted cruz took the words right out of our mouths here firing back with a tweet of his own abortion is infrastructure gun control is infrastructure forced unionization is infrastructure yep. whatever the left wants is infrastructure you know what's not roads and bridges only five percent of biden's infrastructure bill is roads and bridges. In the words of the who, it's a shakedown. It's a put on. Here is Grant Stinchfield talking to Doug Schoen, a known Democrat mouthpiece about infrastructure and how this bill even he disagrees with. You've got Joe Manchin now claiming six or seven Democrats are with him that are not so happy with this uh, spending plan. Do you think he's right? Are there six or seven Democrats? You're close to this party. Yeah, I, I do think he's right. Look, Grant, I would be enthusiastic for a large multi-trillion dollar plan to fix our roads and bridges. Our infrastructure is crumbling. That is a lie, Doug. That is not true. But let's be real about that. Unless you live in Missouri. I, I live right near Missouri. And, and in that case, oh yeah. Sure is roads and highways. Uh, it is not child care. It is not a Green New Deal. It's not climate change. You just can't do that. It polarizes, it divides, and it means that we can't get things done. And, and it really makes a lot of people like me 
fighting mad. Yeah. Here is uh, Doug Schoen reacting to Bernie Sanders. And Bernie Sanders apparently has the pulse on the United States of America. He says we want to go socialism. He couldn't be more wrong. Did you see the Trump rallies versus the Biden rallies? Did you hear Joe Biden talk about massive investment in public projects? Uh, your biological boy competing with biological girls in high school and college. Did you hear Joe Biden saying that he wanted an open border? Not one of those things. Here is uh, uh, Doug Schoen reacting to Bernie Sanders. All right, let me play you a soundbite real quickly from Bernie Sanders, who obviously thinks the opposite uh, that you do. Listen. Sure. I think we need a grassroots movement that makes it clear to Joe Manchin and everybody else in the United States Senate including Republicans, that the progressive agenda is what the American people want. No, it is not. Not one little bit. He's not getting that from Republicans. Real quick, sum it up for me, Doug Schoen. Yeah, he's not going to get it from most Democrats and most independents. It is a progressive agenda. It is a narrow left-wing agenda. And that is sadly, Grant, what's driving my party, the Democratic Party. You and I disagree about a lot of things, but we don't disagree about American values. We don't disagree about core competence, like getting our roads and bridges right, making health care accessible and affordable, yeah. and making a... Which Obamacare was supposed to do. Education in person available to all. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to Greg Kelly talking with Fred Flights about the Iran nuclear deal, because... Joe Biden is doing his very best Neville Cher Chamberlain by extending an olive branch to a country that wants to put a uh, mushroom cloud above Israel. That's what this is all about. And Democrats never learn from history. They never learn from history. Let's bring in Fred Flights, former National Security Council Chief of Staff under President Trump. Fred, um, describe, summarize for our viewers what a horrible, my sense, but please, Take it from here. What kind of deal this was for America as originally signed? Well, it was a terrible deal that allowed Iran to continue weapons-related activities since Iran was still allowed to enrich uranium with over 5,000 centrifuges. It would be given a heavy water reaction. Iran has already declared victory, and they haven't even met yet. After there would be a source of plutonium as nuclear weapons fuel. It was very weak. It, it, the inspectors were not allowed to inspect military facilities. And there was massive cheating. And Israel proved this in 2018 Unreal. with thousands of documents it stole from Iran. And in this so-called deal we're hearing about right now, none of these things are going to be addressed. We're just going to go back in the deal and drop our sanctions on Iran. Colonel Carafano, I, from people I respect, that's what I hear a lot. From people on the other side, I hear something else. Yep, that's what it's all about, guys. Unbelievable. For the piece de resistance of the day, we go to Andrew Giuliani, uh, confidant and advisor to President Trump and now frequent contributor to Newsmax. Hello, sir, and welcome. Uh, Rob, it's great to be on with you. Yeah, let's uh, let's get started real quick here. There's a few things on the plate that I want to get to. Nancy Pelosi says that uh, Joe Biden is doing a great job on the border uh, and saying that, that uh, Donald Trump did, the, uh, did a poor job. That has got to be the biggest lie of the year so far. <laughs> I, I don't know. There are a lot of big lies of the year. It's, uh, that, that is definitely up there, though. I mean, look. Nancy Pelosi should travel to the border first before she actually makes that statement. I mean, all of this is she literally got uh, her sheet from the DNC across the street, and she's reading the bullet points from the street. That's yeah. all that is. Yeah. I think it's uh, really sad and pathetic, and, and the American people aren't that stupid. And the thing is, I, I think the reason why Kamala Harris was named the Biden, uh, the czar, I guess, of the southern border, even though she doesn't know, it's starting to affect poll numbers, and they can see that it's hurting the president. But since Kamala became the border czar, she's done absolutely nothing. She did fly to, nothing. She, she did fly to Chicago where she ate cupcakes, and then she went and was greeted by a crowd of one person in Oakland. Do you suppose, well, yeah. of course. It's this is all lip service. Yeah, it is all lip service. That's absolutely right. I mean, if Kamala won't actually go down to the border and she's a supposed borders borders are, although it seems like a hot potato there. I guess her press secretary said that she's not you know, she is not the borders are. Biden doesn't know what's going on. Who is the borders? Are? <laughs> I said this to Greg Kelly the other day. Is it Major Biden? You know, Major at least is the one who's biting people. We could actually use somebody yeah. that actually is going to enforce our border rules. I just want us to get back to a place 
where Obama and Schumer were in the early 2000s when they ended up making their public statements, which was that we actually need a border to survive as a country. It just shows you how left the, the, and radical the left wing has gone on this, because just 15 years ago, it was mainstream to actually realize, like, oh, my goodness, CBP is actually doing a very good job, and it's important to have a border. The same people, by the way, that have these massive fences up and around the Capitol are the ones that are saying that Biden is doing a good job around the border. So it's it's the height of hypocrisy. No, it's a dereliction of duty is what it is, uh, because that is one of the main functions of the federal government. And I think people ought to pay for this eventually. I don't know if this requires some sort of impeachment down the road, but this is an affront to the American people. This is an affront to citizens of the United States. This is an affront to everybody who stood in line and and went through the process. It is is absolutely – it it is – Absolutely incomprehensible that we're allowing this to happen. Yeah. Unbelievable. It it's, uh, as you said, it's a complete dereliction of duty. And, uh, and I, I hope that the American people are paying attention and will, and will keep uh, these elected members uh, keep them responsible. Now, what do you know about the, uh, the Biden gun control legislation that he is going to uh, sign an, an executive order today? Uh, you know, it always sounds like it's in a reasonable and everything, but really is. It's just a, an incremental creep toward getting rid of uh, guns altogether. What are your thoughts on it, uh, on this executive order today? And, and I got to tell you, I even doubt the constitutionality of this. If you're going to change the Second Amendment, then, OK, why not just go ahead and repeal part of slavery? You know, I, yeah, well, look, I, I don't we, understand we, it. We've seen recently their encroachment on the First Amendment. Yep. They're picking out the Constitution one amendment at a time. And uh, look, they've said this. They want to fundamentally transform the country. And that's what they're doing. Fundamentally transforming the country means tearing up the Constitution the way Nancy Pelosi tore up President Donald Trump's State of the Union address. Back when presidents used to yep. give State of the Unions uh, and not yeah. hide. Yeah. Let me ask you about this. The, uh, they came out yesterday. The D.C. Medical Examiner's Office came out with the cause of death for Ashley Babbitt as a homicide. Uh, two other people who died in the Capitol January 6th riots. Uh, Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips suffered strokes, cardiovascular disease. Uh, we also had another one. Roseanne Boylan died of an amphetamine uh, intoxication, but nothing on the police officer who died there. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to cover it up because they're trying to make it look like he was murdered when he clearly was not. Your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. No, look, you when if you actually watched and, and, you know, obviously in the in the newsroom here, you have all the different TVs going on to see where coverage is, uh, you know, quad boxes of this and that and seeing where, you know, the, the propagandist in the media, CNN, MSNBC cover. They were I almost want to say so excited when they saw that there was another incident at the Capitol. Yeah. As soon as they realized that this person was actually a Farrakhan supporter, yeah. it just went completely dark. It went completely dark. And again, it is the hypocrisy of the media. I know we go back to it, but it is just, I mean, it's, it's there, and it's in every single issue, and the way that they cover, they, they cover it is disgusting, and it's a disservice to the American people. I really hope they're paying attention, and I really hope they're paying attention and listening to the way the media even asks questions. Listen to the way that they ask Kaylee McEnany or Sean Spicer questions, yeah. and listen to the way that they're now asking uh, Jen Psaki questions. I mean, it's completely leading. You could just see it with Yamichi Alcindor back when Biden did give, I guess that was a press conference. Yeah. I don't know. That's what they build it as, but it seemed more like a kind of like a, like a powdering, basically. They just wanted to make sure that, <laughs> yeah. that he, he could check that box. Um, a little different than what happened to Donald Trump, right? I mean, I, yeah. would, I would call him a public servant if I've ever seen one. Yeah, absolutely. And the difference between uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump is Donald Trump, he went down the list of campaign promises and he did them. Joe Biden yeah. is ruling by fiat and he promised none of this. None of this was on his list. Gun control was not on his list. Allowing boys born as boys to compete with girls uh, in high school and college sports, <laughs> not on the list. All of these executive fiats yeah. are against the American people he never said i'm going to open the border completely when he was running yep. for president no he didn't and look the, it, the truth is the media didn't ask him any questions i remember the media <laughs> asking him like what his favorite flavor of ice cream was i mean yes. Merry christmas did the president ever get anything like that just once in four years nothing no. it was it was these just terrible leading questions basically trying to suggest that it was Satan in front of them. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. So it's tough to even say, like, well, you know, 
Biden say anything about it. The media didn't ask him any questions. No. And any time the couple of members of the media who did try to press him on it, they would just shut that person down immediately, and Biden would waddle off somewhere and, and go take a nap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew Giuliani, finally. Uh, Lee Zeldin, Republican from New York, has announced he is running for governor of New York, and I have seen some <laughs> some uh, uh, headlines that you're you're considering it as well. Um, any, any truth to the rumor on your part and, uh, and what does New York have to do to get a Republican in office and turn that state around? Sure. So I am actively considering it. Uh, there's a meeting in Albany on April 19th with all of the state county chairs. Uh, Chairman Langworthy will, uh, has invited me to that meeting. I look forward to making my pitch there and I'm going to make a decision at some point by the end of the month on whether or not I'm going to throw my hand, uh, my hat in the ring. The truth is, up until a couple of weeks ago, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really considering it, and uh, I had a bunch of, uh, a few of, of our major donors uh, called up and said, "Look, we we just aren't satisfied with the candidates that we've met. We think you're the only one that could beat Cuomo or whoever ends yeah, up, uh, yeah. whoever ends up running on the Democratic side." Well, I know there. Are- the truth is. Yeah, well, there are a lot of dynamics with New York that are familiar with the you know states like Virginia. They are yeah. ruled ruled by large liberal metropolitan centers. New York City, obviously, yeah. being that in New York, and the rest of the the rest of the state is agrarian. the the re- The rest of the state is closer to flyover exactly. flyover country. So, what does New York have to do, brother? I mean, what? Because honestly, if you just did a few things that Texas. Yes, we yes. got to create jobs. I mean, look, every, everybody is seeing what happened with Amazon, and I know that was city based. But the truth is, we've done everything. New York, Andrew Cuomo, and the state legislature, and the New York City Council, and the New York mayor over the last 10 years yeah. have done everything to incentivize people to leave New York. Yeah. They've incentivized job creators to get out of New York. That needs to be completely reversed. We need to do everything we can to make sure that we are creating jobs. And as you mentioned before, the government is doing everything that they can to empower the people that are job creators to actually open up their businesses in New York and create jobs and give them tax breaks and give them a reason to come to New York and not go down to Florida. I love Florida and I love what Governor DeSantis has done. But I will tell you, if I do decide to run and if I do become governor, uh, Governor DeSantis is not going to be anywhere near as happy with me as he has been with Andrew Cuomo, who's done nothing but send down some of their top taxpayers down to Florida over yeah. the last 10 years. Yeah, and, you know, it's not about infrastructure jobs, which is what uh, Joe Biden is doing with the 1929 Roosevelt uh, textbook that they, they continually go yeah. back to. This is literally about cutting taxes, regulation, making New York into a place you want to live. i got to tell you, Andrew, you, you pay me $10 million a year. I'm not going to move to New York City. I'm not going to do it. Absolutely not. And, look, we, we've, we've seen with, with the tech advances here, that you, you need to be competitive. That's what you need to do. New York, well, one of the great things about New York is it's a great center. It's a power center. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, with technology, you can be a little bit different now on that. So what does New York have to do? They need to incentivize job creators. And I'm talking about everything from small business job creators to big businesses, the Fortune 500 companies, to come back to New York to show them that New York is truly that shining state on the hill. And, you know, we and 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 there will be a New York renaissance. I believe in it or I wouldn't be considering it. Um, I believe if I do decide to run that that I I will I will have enough to take down Andrew Cuomo or the radical attorney general or the no name lieutenant governor. Or, I mean, I would just pray for Bill de Blasio. Somehow that could happen. (laughs) Oh, that'd be beautiful. Well, you want to make New York. I mean, that has a nice ring to it, right? Doesn't Giuliani versus Cuomo have like a nice like Holly Frazier ring to it right there? That's what the president mentioned when we talked about it. He's like, I could build this fight. I I could sell this fight. If we go down, you know, my old days, I was a fight promoter. I could sell this one. This is good. So I wish you the best. (laughs) Godspeed, brother. Godspeed. I would watch. I would pay-per-view. I would pay-per-view debates with you and you and Cuomo. <laughs> Heck yes. <laughs> well, 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 Rob, I got to tell you, I, it's been absolutely awesome being on with you. I look forward to keep on doing it. Right, like bro. I said, don't forget me when you guys are in the stratosphere and kicking everybody's butt <laughs> on the podcast charts because you are doing a tremendous job. And being at Newsmax has been an incredible blessing. Yeah. It's been a great way walking out of the White House. Yeah. You know, when you walk out of the White House for that last time, you ask yourself, is my life ever going to have that kind of meaning that it had working in the White House? And when Mr. Ruddy gave me the call and gave me the opportunity at Newsmax, I hung up the phone, I talked to my wife, and I realized that is the meeting. We need to be fighting now more than ever 
to make sure that we're putting issues on the table that the American people uh, need to be focusing on. All right, brother. Well, God bless you, and, and I wish you the best. Uh, I hope, you know, if you decide to run, I, I'm, I'm behind you 100%. Thanks for talking to me today, bro. Thank you, Rob. Great talking to you, and keep up the great work. All right, talk to you later, buddy. See ya. All right, there you go, Take Andrew care. Cuomo. I, it sounded a whole lot like yeah, he's, he's right there. Uh, I would love to see him run, and, you know, I, I would like any state that we've seen uh, be destroyed by Democrats, California, Michigan. I would love to see those turn around because there are a lot of people in those people in those states who live outside of the very left-leaning population hubs who are crying out for help. Before I go, I'm going to do something a little bit more personal than I normally do. I am a uh, political satirist, I guess you could say. I started writing for a man named Rush Limbaugh in 1990 right out of college. And I wrote for Rush for over 20 years. And I wrote for other people, too. And I, I mean, I wrote uh, anti-Republican uh, stuff. And I, I wrote uh, anti-Democrat stuff for different people. And it's because I was a comedian. Now what I do is I do commentary. And I try to inject humor into it. Samantha B has a show on, uh, it's called Full Frontal on Comedy Central. And nobody watches it. She got into the headlines a, a year or so ago. And she called Donald Trump's daughter a C-word. Very distasteful, really showed her politics there. And she was doing a podcast with Dan Rather, which, I mean, has to be completely unlistenable. Here's what she had to say about pulling punches with regard to Joe Biden, meaning that she will not make fun of. She will not be a comedian with regard to the Biden administration because she's a political tool. Do you or do you not find yourself sometimes at least tempted to kind of pull your punches? In other words... You, myself, and a lot of people right. are more or less free swingers when mm -hmm. uh, swingers against President Trump. But now that Biden's in. Because you're a political tool as well, Dan. Sure. Well, I don't know. Do you find yourself sometimes saying, oh, boy, there's a, there's a nasty comedy bit I can unload on Biden. But I, saying to yourself, I approve of him so much, I'm, I'm going to pull this punch. Do you find that happening? I can't deny that that has happened. I mean, I, I, I think that's I think that's probably true across the board. You're like, OK, well, we could be making jokes about we, we could be making jokes about the infrastructure plan. But in general, I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I mean, it's because you haven't read it and you're not paying attention and you're a partisan tool. Why, I, why would I <laughs> purposefully undermine something that is seems to be a great idea pretty much okay there she is talking like a child yes well i do have a partisan bit that i want to play that i wrote and uh, voiced for rush limbaugh years ago when barack obama first ran for president and the reason why i did was because his campaign was about nothing it was hope and change and hope and change doesn't put food on my table Hope and change doesn't build our military. Hope and change doesn't build our border. Hope and change doesn't make American better. It says nothing. And so I wrote this Obama ad, and literally for the next 60 seconds, I want you to listen to a whole lot of words that say nothing, kind of like a Jen Psaki press conference. A vote for Obama is a vote for the future. Because the future is ahead of us, and the past has come before us, and the future is yet to come. And that is like totally me. That's my voice. A vote for Obama is a vote for hope. I believe Obama believes in hope and hopes for a future filled with hope. If you believe that change can't happen if you don't do something, vote Obama. I believe that we, U.S. Americans, want change, and Obama will change things and not leave us unchanged. If you believe the future is not now and not in the past, vote Obama. The past is like history. And that is so like yesterday. If you hope there's a candidate that believes in hope, vote for Obama. If you believe that Obama believes in everything you believe in, vote for hope. Vote for change. Vote Obama. There you go. 60 seconds of absolutely nothing. One of the uh, pieces of satire I wrote for Mr. Rush Limbaugh. And I still can't believe he's gone. It's very hard to believe. Guys, I want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you for uh, Andrew Giuliani for finding the time to talk to me today. Uh, if you get a chance to download the Newsmax app on your phone, I would do that right away. And if you have any questions about when shows air and where to find them, just go to NewsmaxTV.com. NewsmaxTV.com. Have a glorious day. God bless each and every one of you. I will see you tomorrow, and you will hear me as well. Bye.
Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.